And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena, and happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, too. Uh, let's get a closer look at some tax reform plans. Uh, does it benefit most of us or, or not? I guess that's a big question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, our first keyword of the day. Stocks tax reform. So President Yoon has vowed to implement reforms in stock market taxes to resolve the so-called Korea discount. Uh, he also said the plans to lower the country's record-making inheritance tax. Uh, let's walk us through. Uh, what did President Yoon have to say? Yeah, so he was basically a big broad brush of tax reforms is what he was uh, basically vowing. He was speaking at a policy debate at the Korea Exchange, again, the, another latest in a series of these, you know, town hall style policy briefings mm. or discussions. Uh, you stated that the growth of companies and the development, uh, development of the stock market benefit the public, easing social tensions and promote national unity. And he argued that excessive taxation on the stock market ultimately harms the middle class and the general public. Mm. He expressed a commitment to boldly push for necessary reforms, even at the risk of political backlash. And he vowed to give minority shareholders a greater voice by uh, pushing for legislative revisions to institutionalize virtual general shareholders meetings. And he also said the government will expand eligibility for individual savings accounts and raise the limits on the non-taxable amount. He also reiterated that there would be no resumption of short selling, so still taking a hardline stance mm. against uh, short selling unless effective measures to prevent side effects are established and he previously said that the government would uh, scrap a proposed capital gains tax on stocks which was scheduled to take uh, effect in 2025 mm. now the bill to scrap the tax uh, could be submitted to parliament as early as this month now you meanwhile also urged officials to relax excessive taxes um, on inheritance, uh, Korea has a top inheritance tax rate of 50% if the inherited assets value mm. exceeds 3 billion won. That's the world's second highest, actually, after Japan. Mm. Uh, this rises to 60% for mm. those inheriting shares in uh, major companies. Of course, uh, all these succession news uh, does make headlines in Korea, especially when it comes to these conglomerates. Mm. Uh, and you also meanwhile blasted Korean banking institutions for their lack of competition, contributing to excessive profits as well. Uh, even that world's second highest uh, ranking among OECD countries, I mean, depends how you measure it and depends who you ask. Uh, if you look at that 60% uh, possible inheritance tax for those who need to, it's not just conglomerates, either. think about medium-sized businesses right. trying to, you know, give it to their young yeah. or, or whatnot. Uh, it, it would be really excessive by, compared to other OECD standards. All right, we'll leave it there for now. That's the major uh, framework for stocks, tax and otherwise reform. Our second keyword of the day. Maritime drill. So the U.S. nuclear-powered aircraft carrier USS Carl Vinson has returned to waters near the Korean Peninsula for joint naval exercise with South Korea and Japan. The drill is apparent as show of force against North Korea, especially after its recent IRBM launch. What's the latest, Adam? Right, so the exercise was conducted from January 15th, so Monday, for three days in the southern waters off Jeju Islands. The exercise involved a total of nine ships, two from South Korea, five from the U.S., uh, including uh, the Carl Vinson, and two from 
uh, the, Jap uh, the Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force. Now, it marks one of the largest uh, in recent history, in fact. So they typically involve around uh, five ships. So the number of ships involved has increased. Uh, Seoul's Joint Chiefs of Staff said the exercise was aimed at bolstering the three nations' deterrence and response capabilities against North Korea's nuclear and missile threats, as well as maritime threats. Uh, it also focused on responding to maritime security threats, including transporting weapons of mass destruction and enhancing the trilateral cooperation in establishing uh, what the JCS called the rules-based international order. Mm. It marks the first uh, trilateral drill held after Washington and its Asian allies launched a real-time sharing system for North Korea's missile launches. The drill is also part of a multi-layer uh, a multi-year, rather, training plan established by the defence authorities of the three nations, agreed upon by the defence ministers uh, of the Allies last November. Meanwhile, the top nuclear envoys of the three countries are set to meet in Seoul to discuss the escalating tensions on the Korean Peninsula, of which they have escalated uh, a lot, and the growing cooperation between North Korea and Russia as well, as mm. more evidence points to kind of arms cooperation between those two countries. All right. At a job fair, a promise of expansion of public sector jobs, our third keyword of the day. Public sector jobs. I mean, should you take it with a grain of salt, considering that it was a job fair? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, but nonetheless, the finance minister has announced plans to incentivize active new hiring in public institutions. Tell us the details, Adam. Yeah, so if you're attending a, or speaking at a job fair, you wouldn't really say anything that'll, you know, discourage employment. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> so sound ideal. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound ideal. So, yeah, you'll be encouraging employment mm -mm. Uh, at least. Now, he was speaking at the 2024 Public Institution Recruitment Information Fair. It's quite a mouthful uh, in Seoul. <laughs> now, he said the government will back efforts to expand the hiring capacity of public institutions. This includes actively reflecting the degree of efforts made for new hiring, uh, in management evaluations, he said, Chair mentioned providing budget support for service level improvements and staffing necessary personnel by improving recruitment related systems. Uh, so it's not just about increasing the numbers, but improving the systems that uh, lead to such numbers to increase as well. Now, the government aims to increase new hiring in public institutions by 10% over last year, exceeding 24,000 uh, new recruitments. Uh, Chair also stressed that the scale of youth intern recruitment will be expanded and the increased mandatory employment rate target for people with disabilities will be implemented without a hitch. Uh, the fair saw a, uh, the participation of a record number of 151 organizations. Uh, job seekers visiting the event could receive first-hand recruitment information and tips from human resources personnel of public institutions. Now, the fair also provided opportunities for uh, mock interviews and one-on-one -on -one consulting for tailored uh, job strategies as well. All right, with that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Impressive Athletes Village. So that's according to the International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach. He says he's impressed with the facilities at the Athletes Village for the 2024 Kangwon Winter Youth Olympics. After touring the site, it's set to kick off this Friday. Uh, what did he have to say? Yeah, so he inspected the weight training facilities, the welcome center, as well as the recreational spaces and accommodation. He said he was very impressed by the quality of the accommodation and what he was hearing from the 
uh, athletes in regards to that. He also noted that the athletes seemed uh, to be enjoying the food as well. There's a variety of <laughs> over 100 menu options, including uh, Western, Korean, halal and vegan dishes. Of course, there's a whole array of nationalities mm. and dietary needs. So it seems like the facilities are catering to that. And he said all is set for a successful Winter Youth Olympic Games. Now, back talked to teenage athletes from several different countries, took pictures with them and also gave them souvenirs. The national flags of various countries were displayed on the floors where athletes from those countries were staying. That's adding to the kind of Olympic atmosphere. Uh, and Back also expressed his hope for participants to use this event as a stepping stone for uh, adult Olympics or the main Olympics and to experience the unique atmosphere uh, of the Youth Olympics as well. And he hoped that the Kawan Winter Youth Olympics would expand the base of winter sports in Asia and make them more popular with future generations. Choi Zhong Gu, the organizing committee chairman, uh, also expressed satisfaction with the athletes' response to the facilities and the food, and he promised uh, thorough preparations for a successful um, event. Now, Kangwon 2024 is the fourth edition of the Winter Youth Olympic Games, so it doesn't have that deep of a history, but mm. it is kicking off, uh, and it will be held uh, from, yes, tomorrow to February 1st with a joint opening ceremony in both Gangneung and Pyeongchang. All right. At least we're utilizing some of those resources from Pyeongchang Olympics and sprucing right. it up for other games. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's actually something that Bag also mentioned as well, since it is, um, some of the venues are being shared, maybe that provides some inspiration for the young athletes as well, because they'll be competing in these kind of, you know, main Olympic venues, mm. and it gives them a little bit of motivation. Mm. Uh, and To dream big. Give them, <laughs> uh, to dream big, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I was thinking, thank goodness, I mean, we get to uh, utilize some of those newly built, well, I, can you say newly built when it's been years already? But it has been a while, Right, yeah. right, I mean, those arenas and spaces that usually go rather underutilized in different parts of the world. Yeah. Isn't that part of the big criticism? Yeah, that is true. I mean, whenever these international events, these big events happen and a lot of countries host them, they yeah. build all this infrastructure and facilities and buildings uh, for it. But what happens after the event mm. finishes? That is the question. But it is good to see that mm. uh, some of those uh, facilities are being utilized still. All right, let's turn our attention to our final keyword of the day. China's economy at risk. So China's economy is facing a triple shock of population decline, economic growth slowdown, and rising debt. Uh, it's like the perfect storm, causing significant concerns for its future prospects. So the entire 2023, we talked about when will the South Korean economy bounce back, and it was so much more contingent on the Chinese economy than we would like to admit initially yeah and that goes for the rest of the world economy too so a lot hangs in the balance uh what's the latest adam yeah as you said although korean officials don't like to admit it chinese economy does have a significant impact on uh kind of the performance and how mm -hmm. south korean economy does especially when considering that china uh, is korea's number one trading partner for starters uh, and so they might down, downplay the effects of uh, China's economic slowdown on the Korean economy, but it does certainly have uh, ripple effects. If, they not, if they're not seen in the short term, they certainly could have a long-term effect um, as well, especially when it comes to consumption. I mean, Korea mm -hmm. is 
uh, or China is one of the largest, uh, one of the biggest import markets for mm. Korean goods. And so if consumption is down in China, that will, of course, affect exporters here in Korea, because, of course, demand for products going to China uh, declines. Now, Chinese government data shows that the country's population, for starters, fell by just over 2 million to 1.4 billion at the end of last year. This marks the second consecutive year of population decline. Births totaled just over 9 million, staying below 10 million for the second year as well, while deaths were 11 million. The working age population, that's the one uh, that is of most concern, declined by over 61%. In contrast, the population aged 60 and over increased to 21.1%, indicating a clear ageing trend. Uh, China Statistics Bureau also resumed reporting figures on youth unemployment as well, excluding mm. people still in school. The unemployment rate for people or young people aged 16 to 24 was uh, just under 15 percent, while the rate in cities in December was just over 5 percent. Now, China's GDP growth rate for the fourth quarter of last year was 5.2 percent, lower uh, than expected and in uh, rather uh, in uh, major polls. China's debt to GDP ratio hit a record high of 286.1% in the, uh, the fourth quarter of last year as well. Uh, the rising government debt suggests that authorities may face limitations in deploying economic stimulus measures in case of a prolonged economic downturn. Mm. Uncertainty about future income has also weighed on consumption there as well. Uh, the Chinese government says that as part of economic support, it would work to improve policy coordination about different regulatory mm. bodies. But uh, it's been something that's happening for a while now. The Chinese economy has always been under threat ever since the pandemic. Um, it hasn't really been able to recover that much mm. uh, after the pandemic as well. Mm. How this will affect uh, other world economies and that of Korea remains to be seen. Uh, at the moment, not much. Uh, it's not really damaging Korea's economy that much uh, uh, at the moment, but the global economy as a whole is not doing too well. So... Um, <laughs> Is it being blamed on the Chinese economic uh, threat uh, is another question, but mm. certainly it does pose a risk. Here's an ominous statement made at the Davos World Economic Forum by China's prime minister. How should mm -hmm. one look at Chinese economy? Uh, Liu Chang answered, it's similar to the Alps, undulating mountain range, best appreciated from afar. I don't know if the view from afar Ooh. is good either. I think he was alluding to the fact that domestic consumption is down. And mm. uh, I mean, you look at the real estate bubble popping, things like that account to mm. all decreased consumption and tricky, tricky uh, domestic economy. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to uh, any got kind of figures or statements that come out from the Chinese government and government officials. You do have to take it, uh, take it with a grain of salt, especially when it comes to official Chinese government statements and uh, data. So, uh, yeah, it is best to take uh, such data or statements with a grain of salt. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the figures show that uh, it is uh, a bit concerning at the moment. All so, right. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, a bit of a risk. Uh, probably a preview for the, the rest of the year. But what to make of those numbers, that's what we'll help you decipher. Thank you so much, Adam, for Keyword News today. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. 
See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.